More than 10 years now since the Blue Mud Bay decision, which gave traditional owners exclusive rights to the intertidal zones of around 80% of the Territory's coastline, as you'd be well aware of, Fishos. Since then, multiple agreements and extension after extension have allowed wreck fishos to access these waters without a permit. That was until last year when, fed up and frustrated with the delays, it all kind of blew up from the NLC, threatening to lock everyone out and shut it down completely if it wasn't settled. But now, another reprieve. The discussion here on Tuesday was, let's give another extension of 18 months in terms of the access for fishermen into those waters. Permits and having permit access has been part of the discussion. I don't think it's an issue that scares people now. I think, you know, this has been a couple of years of discussion. But we want to make sure that this system is going to work and it's not going to be an onerous one. Provide, I suppose, some security for fishermen going into some of those waters. Some boat registration permits. All of those things are what we, we need to work through with ASANT and other industry bodies in the next 12 months. So we don't want the bureaucracy to also put too many layers in there that's going to frustrate people. We want a system that's going to make it easier. Marion Scrimger, the NLC CEO. David Chirovolo is the CEO of AFANT. Warren DeWitt is the president. G'day, fellas. Good afternoon. David, can you, can you talk through that key area, let's say from the Daly to the east? That area, the, the, what we call the Greater Darwin region from the Daly River uh, all the way up and over the top to the East Alligator, um, that's the area where most wreck fishing is done and that's the area that has been flagged as um, being permit-free for recreational fishing um, in addition to conversations in other areas too. So that's the intent for it to be permit-free for wreck fishing, but, but how do you reach that point where it is? So some areas like the Daly River and Port Keats already have long-term access agreements in place. Um, Kakadu has a long-term agreement in place, but this will prioritise the conversations with the traditional owners in those areas um, that don't have agreements to now go and have those uh, discussions immediately. It's the lower finesse and potentially shady, isn't it? Well, that's right. So the shady is still a pending claim, but uh, certainly the mini-mini area has had a um, long-term access agreement that has actually expired and the lower finesse as well. Now, of course, we can't prejudge what the TOs in those areas will decide, uh, but we'll have those conversations in good faith and, and clearly it's an area that's been identified in the heads of agreement. What about on the Roper? So the Roper is an area that's been prioritised for conversations between uh, AFANT, the government and traditional owners about long-term access agreement, the same kind of agreement that's in place for the Daly River where people can go fishing and don't require a permit. And um, we did have the opportunity last week to go down and meet with one of the Aboriginal corporations, Yugal Mangi. Don't speak for all the TOs, um, but we had some great conversations around the potential for a long-term access agreement, um, just really uh, introducing the idea, but also talking to the TOs about what other ideas do they have. And they were telling us about some great country in Arnhem Land where people would need a permit, but some billabongs and rivers that currently aren't accessible. So, you know, a mix of those things is really exciting. Do we presume then for the rest of the coast, permits 
are inevitable for places through Arnhem Land, for example? I think that that's likely. The the Heads of Agreement does identify that if traditional owners would like to consider a long-term access agreement, that the NLC and the government will facilitate that. So Mm -hmm. that's always an option, and we're happy to help with that too. There are many other areas that people currently require a permit to access, uh, to go by car into Arnhem Land. But one of the exciting things about it is the opportunity to work with traditional owners to identify those opportunities, but then to value add to it, to have good campgrounds and boat ramps that people can go and and a trail to, to, to link all that up. Warren, has there been any discussion about how much the permits might cost for those areas through Arnhem Land where you're likely to need them? No, we haven't got down to that um, detail as yet. Per trip or an annual permit? No, not at all. There's a lot more work to be done in that area, but it's certainly a great opportunity to work together with traditional owners to try and get some economic development on their country and water. The challenge is how to police it. It's got to come with a vessel ID or vessel rego system, doesn't it, in order to police it, David? Well, yes, look... I think it's important to note that as part of the Heads of Agreement, boat licensing and registration have been confirmed as not being something that will be pursued, but vessel identification in our awarders is something that traditional owners have repeatedly over a number of years raised with us as being very important. For you, Fisho, what that means is put the sticker on your boat but you're not registering it. That's right. So it could be either very low cost or, or could be free and the only thing you're paying for is the sticker. Um, but the idea is is that people who are doing the right thing have got nothing to hide and certainly from our perspective, if, um, if it does come down to this is what paves the way of being able to access an area and it's not just the identification but codes of conduct for the way that uh, anglers agree they will behave when they're on country and that's something we look forward to developing with the traditional owners. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that traditional owners have the opportunity for economic development on their lands and waters. And this is going to give us the greatest opportunity, and I'm so excited about the fact that we are now going to be able to work with traditional owners, not just in the Greater Darwin area, but also in Arnhem Land. There are a number of opportunities and and ideas that these traditional owners have about wanting to interact and develop economic development for their land and waters over uh, Blue Mud Bay and it'll give us the opportunity to sit down and talk with them. So Warren, for the you know the average fisher that probably isn't across all the politics of this, what will be their fishing experience in the future going forward? I think it'll be better. I think we've got more opportunities now to develop other areas for access and, and to, to work with traditional owners who want access on their waters and and through their land and and when we talk about permits and 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 some people are saying oh we've got to get permits and all the rest of it well I don't see it being a problem if you have to get permits to go into Arnhem Land because already now when you travel into Arnhem Land you've got to get a permit but if there was an opportunity to make a fishing trail from the lower part of Arnhem Land up into Blue Mud Bay where a certain amount of people are allowed to go in every year and experience some of the most pristine waters fishing and and actually pay for that opportunity. It will rival Cape York. We've been out there, David's seen it, there's other people who have been out there and seen some of these areas that are that, that the traditional owners want to talk to us about the opportunities that, they, that are there. It is fantastic and I just can't wait to sit down with the traditional owners and start working our way through some of these other areas that are possibly going to bring economic benefit to them 
but also open up areas for recreational fishing. I had the uh, privilege of being invited out to Blue Mud Bay to Baniala uh, last week and um, that was part of an ep- economic development program they're doing and we were able to look at the campground that they've built in their area and another one that's under construction and um, fantastic facilities, absolutely beautiful country and amazing fishing right off the shore. We're going to be able to possibly look at going into some areas that we've never been had the opportunity to do before but also just cement relationships with the traditional owners to help work with them to help foster their industry or build their their businesses so that they can have a future for themselves but more importantly a future for their kids so that they can work on their land or on their water rather than get pushed into town to find employment Hopefully this will help drive some of those economics uh, out on their country and they will have jobs for the future for their children. And Fishos, if too much Warren DeWitt is never enough for you, then this is your week (laughs) because later on on the tinny we'll actually talk about fishing. David Chirovolo, the CEO of Affent and Warren DeWitt, the president, who'll be back, who will be back. Thanks, chaps. Thank you. Thank you.